Welcome to our weekly Wednesday shir in Mishmas, Rosenbas, Rachan and Ezra. As I mentioned also in the video, Schus, in fact we have videos every week, Schus, Kinad Bela, Das, Simch Chatun, and Yaakov Tzoli Yeshua, Ben Chaya. Chaya something, oops, I don't remember the second name. Anyway. This Shabbos, sorry, Parshva Yishlach, Yutes Kislev, Yutes Kislev. Erev Shabbos is Yutes Kislev, which is the outside of Miriam. Basim Yosef. Past year we discussed her virtues. I guess we got to make it to the hill sometime on Friday. Hmm. It's going to be a trick. You just kiss Rosh Hashanah Chassidus. The Alter Rebbe also on this day was released from prison. While sitting in prison for spreading Yiddishkeit, he was visited in this very, very, very small cell by the Mazich Magid and the Rosh Antif. Excuse me. Whom he asked, why? Why am I here? They told him it was for spreading chassidus. What does that mean? Mizrishi Magad also spread Chassidus. Balshemtiv spread Chassidus. In today's day, the expression will be the Altrebbe took it to a whole new level. Chassidus, as it may be, to some people, it's a good shalom on a Thursday night or any night to some people it's a good for bringing with a bottle of uh, good spirit or Zexanitska or some other very expensive classy drink that each drink is $62.17 and they savor it take the shot and you, yeah well you drink the wine that way this becomes chassidus by some people some people's ritual some people consider it ritual <clears throat> it takes the edge off 
from the life, and from the day, and from everything else. You're taking the edge off of it with that l'chaim. That's if you always remember to say l'chaim when you drink it. Chassidus, as the Alter Rebbe expounded on, which the Bashem Tev and the Magid told him in response to his question, so if that's the case, should I stop when I come out of the prison? And they said, no. You started this, you opened the can of worms. You need to continue this in a bigger and a better way. Which he did. And we see therefore the Memorim and the Chassidus that Rebbe wrote after Petersburg, after imprisonment, were a whole different connection to the world. Generally, the Al-Tarebbe would say a word, say a sentence. And with that, people had to understand what the Al-Tarebbe was going, going through, what was going through his mind, was going through his heart, was going through his soul at the time. And then there are little things that we have. We have the Sefer Atanya, we have the Kutatera, Kutatera which in some said they can enhance them, put together, enhanced. Might have added some additions to them. <coughs> but it was Al Tarebbe that took the Chassidus of the Magid, and although his Chavraya Kadisha, the rest of the Click, shall we call them? The rest of the Chassidim of the Magid also took on a different approaches of Chassidus. The Alter Rebbe went to the approach of Chabad. Many of the other, many of the rest took on Chagas. The Alter Rebbe took on Chabad. What is Chabad? And what is Chagas? Chabad is Chachma Bina and Das. Chagas is Chesed Gvurit Teferes. There's also Netzach Hedges Hedin Malchus, which are the ten spheres, or spheres, that which we know about. Chabad is Meichin, is in the mind. The self-control. The control of a person, that a person needs to grab a hold of themselves and see and take stock of who they are and what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. It also leaves you with a lot of guilt sometimes. Leaves a person with a trail of memories of things that they keep thinking about and keep sometimes rearing their ugly head and sometimes just plain teaching us lessons, life lessons. Do we know
what's right and wrong? Yes, we know what's right and wrong. Do we always control ourselves with the right and the wrong? Halavai. Halavai. Actually, fitting into this week's parsha, when Yaakov tells Esav of his experiences that he'd been going through over the last 20 years living by Lavan, he tells, he's trying to get on the good side now of Esav because Esav has been trying to kill him for years. And he tells him, Im Lavan Garti, I lived with Lavan. I had a donkey, an ox, sheep, servant, maidservant. Rashi tells us what does he love in Garti mean? What is Garti? Garti is the same letters as Tariag. 613 mitzvahs. So I lived with him and Tariag Mr. Shamarti. There's more that meets the there's more to this that meets the eye, which is what Chassidus Chabad would be able to would elaborate on and explain. The word Garti, for example, comes from the word Ger. A Ger is somebody who's not a resident; they're a, a stranger, a passerby, or somebody that converts. Somebody that converts is not a Balyuchsen. He does not have pedigree from a Yiddish stock, from Yiddish people, Yiddish families, from Yiddish neshamas. But rather his neshama came in and only materialized, so we say, or actually started to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the level of Kedusha when they converted he or she. Which means to say that you're a traveler. You're constantly on a travel, constantly on a journey. So he says, I'm loving Garti. Even though I was in his house, in the house of Lovan Arami, And I saw and served and experienced the entire concept of everything that happens, worldly riches, still in all, I did not memorialize that. I did not take that into heart. I did not take that into my system. I did not take that as part of me. I did not make that as part of me. I did not take that to be me. I could have just become a very, very vain person and lived in the riches of Lavan Arami. And he was called Arami because he was a thief and he always had conniving ways of doing things. I didn't. This was all gators to me. This was all foreign to me. I did not... I did not internalize this. And through this I was able to tayag Mr. Shamati. I was in the world of Elamaza, 
I was to the world of Elam I kept myself far and I kept this out of my system and I still was able to keep and do the mitzvahs the way they should be done in the house of Lovin Arami and his physical or his worldly distractions did not take anything away from my Aveda He goes another step. In Lovangarti, I lived there with Lovan for so many years. So now, Yaakov is trying to win over Esau. He's trying to get Esau's heart because he knows that Esau only wants to kill him. I mean, listen, he stole... Esav's blessings, he stole his firstborn rights, he stole a lot of things from Esav. Spiritual things. All spiritual. But Esav, as Esav as he was, wanted those spiritual things back now. The source of Esav was very, very, very high. It's from a very, very holy place (coughs) the way it manifests in this world is what he would have made of it who knows if he would have had the brachas of Yaakov of Yitzchak what he could have been able to do with them what he would have been able to do with them what he would have accomplished what he would have achieved what level he would have attained what he reached Yaakov took all that away from him. He deprived him of this opportunity. So Yaakov says to him, Im Lovangarti, you want to say that you lived in the lap of riches? You want to live to say you lived in the lap of luxury? Instead of saying, I was on the run, and I was hiding from you. I knew you wanted to kill me. I knew I was in danger. I constantly looking over my shoulder all my life. What are you trying to tell me? In love and Garti. This is what Chassidus teaches us. Vashem Tev taught everything we see and hear is a lesson to us in Avedis Hashem. It teaches us something and somehow how to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu better. No. Yaakov says to Esau, I need to do mitzvahs, and I connect with mitzvahs, and I live the life of mitzvahs. Um, Lovan, on the other hand, lived a very, very sinful life. I mean, I've told this before as well. The wedding that Lovan sets up. The Lushan that it says, first it says that he put the wedding, then he says that he made the Mishnah. What happened here? 
Laban came to all the locals and told them, listen here, everybody knows that since Yaakov has been here, business has been booming. He definitely brought a blessing into our, our society. He wants to leave. He leaves, everything goes back to the old days. We're not going to be as as fluid as we are now. We're not going to have as much as we have. We don't want to leave, do we? No. Okay. Listen here. I'm trying to get him to marry my daughter. If he marries my daughter, he'll stick around. I need everybody, I need to know everybody's on board with me. I need to know everybody's going to join with me and not say, okay, we, we enjoy for the fruits and you suffer with this Yaakov. Everybody bring me a mashkin, a collateral of something very valuable in your house to prove that you're with me so that we can keep Yaakov here. Of course, they ran home and they brought the most valuable things they had, they brought it to love As a collateral to show we're on board with whatever your plan is here. Lovin took all these things and went and he, to all the merchants, the food, the wine, everything else, and he pawned everything off to these people to be able to buy this lavish meal. No. Came a wedding. Everybody ate and drank. They had the most magnificent time. They saw Yaakov is actually marrying Lovin's daughter, and how lucky and fortunate are we, and we're going to have him here now for a while, seven more years. <laughs> After the wedding, they said, okay, Lovin, we're on board with you. We, we made the wedding look like a wedding. We were very happy. We rejoiced. Give us back our collaterals. Ah, your collaterals. I don't have them. What does that mean? Where are they? Takes out a paper. Yours is by the fish market. Yours is by the this guy. This is the, and they have to go redeem it. <laughs> they went to, to get back their collaterals. They went and paid for them. So a lot of them didn't pay a penny for the wedding. Yaakov says to Esau, in Lovan Garti, Lovan was shrewd, Lovan was determined, Lovan was driven, Lovan had a drive in everything that he did for his selfishness. He did it not just with a drive, but with a tremendous enthusiasm. Yaakov says to Esav, my only regret is the Bashemtiv teaches whatever we hear or see, we need to learn how to serve Hashem better. And I saw the enthusiasm with which Lovan does his sins, the burn, the flame that went on within his heart. I didn't take that and learn how to do it 
do and learn Tehra and do mitzvahs. I'm regretting not learning from him how to get so enthusiastic about what I'm supposed to be doing. He was enthusiastic about things that he wasn't supposed to be doing. <laughs> I should have used that concept and learned that concept of enthusiasm, that fervor with which he approached everything, and should have been able to apply it to my way of Taylor Mitzvah. This is what the Alter Rebbe explains to us. Whether it's in Tanya, whether it's in any other Svarim from the Alter Rebbe, Maimarim, Yutas Kislev, Rosh Hashanah Lechassidus, we complete on Yudchas, we complete the entire Tanya, and Yutas, we begin once again the cycle. And the Tanya is divided up into different portions and parts. Every day another portion, so that a person completes the entire Tanya within the year. Sometimes it's a page, page and a half, sometimes it's 12 lines, 8 lines. I'm not capable of learning Tanya. It's, it's, it's esoterical, it's too above, it's above my head. Welcome to the year 2023, almost 24, where modern technology, never mind the books that are written and are published in English, lessons in Tanya, etc., that you can sit and learn it, and it's beautifully, beautifully, eloquently explained and clearly explained. It's like bronchitis. Ain't got no time for that. Say some people. I don't have time to sit and read a book. Or I'm not a great, I'm not an avid reader. I don't like reading. I don't. I can read texts all day long. I can send texts. But I don't like to read. That's hence the voice notes. Today you can get audio of the lesson of the day in Tanya. You can go on, I think it's Chabad.org. Rabbi <coughs> Joshua Gordon, Allah Shalom. They have a phenomenal, phenomenal series. He explains every day the Chumash of the day, the Tanya of the day, Rambam of the day. He gave a share in each one of these things during his course of his short life. And I can tell you, I personally have not listened. But I have guys that walk into shul with their ear pods in the ear. And they're laughing. I said, Ay, Rahman, I thought once, once I thought, before davening, this is what this guy is listening to, some comedian before davening. Before I could voice my quote-unquote, air quote, disdain for the, the frivolous act this person was doing, performing, listening to something, who knows what, before davening, he says to me, you want to hear the story Rabbi Josh just said? 
Rabbi Josh just told a story. Unbelievable. Mind you, Rabbi Josh is not here for many years. And this younger man, this younger man, is not, uh, he's coming to shul in the morning. Every morning. He does with the minion also every day. And he's not a Ben Yochit. He's not an only child here. He's not the only one listening and downloading Rabbi Josh Hashirim. My own children. My sons. I think two or three of them live with Rabbi Josh every day. They can quote him. They, not they can, they do quote him. Rabbi Josh said today, and the Chumash, and the Tanya, and the Rambam, whatever it was. So, Yutas Kislev is a day that everyone has to take on resolutions, as Roshan Rechsidus. So, for those of you that don't yet learn Tanya on a daily basis, first of all, if you don't read Hebrew properly, you can get the Chayenu, a subscription to Chayenu, a subscription to Chayenu comes to your house, and it has every day's every week as the weekly chitas and you can learn the Khatanya in English in the book in the Chayenu. And this way you don't have to look it up in a book, you don't have to have the book, you don't have to carry a book. It's a little pamphlet, it's a pamphlet of whatever, it's paperback. But if that's too much for you as well, we're all in a car sometime of the day. We all travel for 5, 10, 20 minutes a day. Put on, program, whatever, however you have to do it, Rabbi Josh. There are others as well. Rabbi Josh is one that I can, shall I say, vouch for, since I know him, I knew him. And, uh, one of his brothers I, was, I am still best friends with. And listen every day to Rabbi Josh. You have a problem with Shabbos, obviously. You can probably listen about the Shabbos. Now in the winter, for sure. It's time Saturday night, about Shabbos to listen. It's a solid commitment. Which is literally way easier than it sounds. And to feel and find the accomplishment of going through the entire Tanya in the course of a year. I remember when I was 11, I guess I was 11 when I started. And the first time I went through the whole Tanya, I, I felt like I hit the jackpot. I mean, obviously at that time I barely understood what I read. But I used to read it in Tanya. There was no English. I... The English, I guess. Yeah, I read English just as, almost as well as I read Hebrew. But completing the Tanya, the Chitas, every year saying Chitas and completing the full, complete Tanya, it was, it was, uh, it came to the Yutas Kislev to Fabreng and you had this, the Rebbe was Messiah sometimes, Sichas and Asiyam of Tanya, the beginning of Tanya again. You felt you were part of it. And there's not only 10, 20 people doing it. There's tens of thousands of people. 
you're joining a force that's very, very, very powerful. And they're very enthusiastic, most of them. And they're very dead set on it. How can you go wrong? Try it, you might like it. Is it a stronger commitment than davening three times a day? A little bit. Not really. Davening three times a day takes time. Saying Birchas HaShachar every morning in Kriyashma takes about four minutes, five minutes. That which one should definitely not miss out on. That last man, the Palga, there's no talk about, there's no dispute. A person should not go into their day without saying Maida'ani, washing Negavasa, and saying Birchas HaShachar, the morning blessings. Again, if you can't read Hebrew, say them in English. The morning blessings, including the bracha of Teda. Four or five minutes of your morning. Takes less time than making your coffee. And the Shema. Not asking anything else. And the left Chavaderech, while you're going on the road, wherever you're going, whether you're walking, whether you're driving, whether you're flying, whatever it is, you can always download, let's call it Rabbi Josh, and listen to the Tanya of the day. If you listen to the Chumash as well, Ashrecha. You can manage to listen to the Chumash too. Phenomenal. Rambam is gravy. Although the Rebbe would like everyone to listen to these things. Chitas biyadecha. You had chitas. Chitas stands for Chumash Tilam and Tanya. And this is a way of protection that Yaakov Avinu talks about. So to Yudas Kislev, on the holy day of Rosh Hashanah Chassidus, Day of resolutions obviously is a Shabbos, so you might not be able to start on Shabbos itself. Start Matzai Shabbos or Friday afternoon if you have time while you're walking, cooking, whatever you might be doing, and start the new cycle of Tanya once again. And join the tens of thousands of Yidden that are learning Tanya. Learning and understanding what it is to connect to God through our mind, through Chabad. You don't become a Chabadnik, and you're not becoming a Lubavitch or Chassid. But you're training and and tuning yourself to a different tract in your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The learning of what it means to serve Hashem not just with our hands, with our eyes, with our mouth, with our stomach, with our head. <clears throat> and the control 
of the head over all the other emotions in our body. And this is a plus, of course, but for many of us, it sometimes backfires, shall we say, when we look back in retrospect, where we've been and what we've done and what we've thought and the things that we had in our minds. It also teaches us how to reflect within ourselves, self-reflect. So for those that get anxious those that get just simply confused and get what's called refuenis, doubts in their minds and their hearts. Chassidus teaches us how to grab the bull by the horn. Will it eliminate all therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists? Not necessarily simply because people go through so much. Will it alleviate a lot of the anguish and pain that people go through? 100%. Knowing that, first of all, Chassidus explains and teaches us, you don't go anywhere by chance. You don't find yourself anywhere just by chance. Everything is Hashem's divine intervention. There are times, yes, where you could have chosen a better way and a better place to be. You could have chosen a better action to take. But Hashem puts us where we're supposed to be. And we see again in the Pasha the very, very awkward story if we read the tale as a story of Chasson, Vatetze Dina Baslea, Dina Baslea goes out, Dinais Bibnais Horetz, to see, to meet the girls. She was a young girl, she wanted to go meet the girls. Dina, what are you up to? Rashi explains, what does it mean she, Vatetze, she went out? She's called Dina Basleya. Why? Because she was outgoing. And therefore she was called the daughter of Leah, which she was. Because it's Leah also used to go out. Leah came out to greet him. Wow! Wow! Where's the terror going with this? We know this story with Dina going out didn't turn out well. The interaction, shall we say, with Shem and with the people of Shem, it was a mess. It was a catastrophe, to say the least. What are we comparing it to? To Leah. Leah went out to greet Yaakov. 
you're putting a derogatory spin on Leah and on Dina? Really? The tale is so careful. Even when it talks about an animal that's an impure animal, it doesn't say behemoth Tmea, impure, it says behemoth Tahira, which is not, not pure, but not that it's impure. So why now cast such a horrific light on Dina, on Leah? More so, another question about Tetzi Leah Likrasai. There itself, Rashi says, why did she go out? She had a yearning, she had a desire to add more Shvatim, more children of Yaakov. So therefore, it was a praiseworthy thing that she was doing. But Rashi here makes it sound like Yitzhak She was a wanderer. She was a woman that just went out frivolously. So we can perhaps say that one question answers the other. The intention of Rashi, it says, Afi she too is one that went out, is not, God forbid, derogatory. It's not in a bad light at all. Just the opposite. Pasuk is coming to tell us the praise of Dina. Just like Leah went out with a full prayer intentions, it was only for something good. Same was with Dina. She too was one that went out with praising her, with saying how great she was when she did this. How do we know what Dina's prowess was? How do we know how special Dina was and how holy and how pure her approach was? We take it from what Ashley says before. Yaakov took the entire, all his wives, and his 11 children. But Yaman wasn't born yet, so okay, 11 boys. Eleven boys, but there was a girl. I mean, according to one Pirish, each boy was born with a twin girl. But here it says, "Vedina heichen heisa." Where was Dina when Yaakov came to greet Esav? Tough one to swallow, but here goes. Nasna b'teva, he put her in a box. The null before and locked her up. <coughs> that Esav should not see her and fall in love with her and want to marry her. Tells us, Taylor. 
Velochin therefore, Nenash Yaakov Shemona Me'achiv. Yaakov was punished for withholding from his brother. Because perhaps she could have turned Esav around. She could have made him into a good person. What was the punishment? She fell to the hands of Shechem. So we find that Dina was a very powerful woman. She had the potential to take an ace of and turn him around and to get him to come to improve his lifestyle to make everything the way a Jew should be. But Yaakov deprived Esav of this by putting Dina in the box and not letting him see Dina and thereby not marrying Dina. So we see therefore that Dina was a big Mifzayim girl. She was a big, she was a little Rabbanit. And this is the praise of, of Dina. Yitzan is Haisa. She was an outgoing person. And therefore, Lida is Bivnesa Oretz. Why was she going to see the girls? To get them to return, to get them to come back under Kamfei Hashkina, to come under the wings of the holy of the holy mitzvahs, Teira mitzvahs. And therefore, Dina wasn't punished because of her own frivolous acts, but rather for Yaakov's acts where Yaakov did not take, did not allow Dina to marry Esav and perhaps make Esav into a tzaddik. This is what Chassidus teaches us, that we all have the tremendous potential. Who am I? What do I know? What do I do? What did I ever say? Where did I ever learn? What did I do? Come on, I grew up in this environment, that environment. Didn't have a good home, I didn't have a good this, I didn't have a good yens. Who am I? Mishnah Pekiyavis tells us if you know Aleph Beis, you have to teach the Aleph, and someone only knows Aleph, you have to teach them the Beis. If someone doesn't know the Aleph, you have to teach them the Aleph. That's all you know. We all know a lot more than we think we know. We all have a lot more potential than we think we have. We keep it bottled up. We are afraid to express. We are afraid, well, most people are afraid of rejection, shall we call it. They're afraid that they're going to say something to somebody and they're going to say, eh, first of all, who are you to tell it to me? Who are you? Who are you? And secondly, what do you know? <laughs> One of my tests in Smicha, the Rosh Hashiva decided that he had to give the test that week. He was going away, I think, to sell or something. And it was right before Lagbaima. And it was the uh, 
And there was a parade that year. So as a buck in 770, I was working most of the nights on building things for the parade. But by day, we were sitting in Yeshiva. We all know the expression, you can't burn a candle on both, set, both ends. So while I was sitting and learning, studying for something, engaged in conversation with people, sitting with a black coffee, the two, three hours at night didn't affect, per se, my learning. Probably, probably must have been a little clouded in the head, because after all, a person needs to sleep. Well, at least I did then, maybe. Came to the test. I think there were six of us, there were three chavrusas. <laughs> Embarrassed to say, I physically fell asleep. Fell asleep on my hands, I fell asleep. The Rosh Hashiva wanted to, I don't know what. He wanted to definitely throw me out, but he couldn't do the sleeping. I mean, he asked somebody a question. The guy answered the question. He asked him, how do you know? And in my sleep, I heard the guy not knowing, how do you know? So I picked up my head, I don't know how, and I answered, how do we know? The Shiva was so angry that I'm disturbing the, 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 the test also, by talking from the middle of my sleep, he says, Wait! Then he says, Oh, Zukstakit, you're right. You're correct. Explain? So I explained it. Then he asked me a few more questions while I was still awake. Bakshem, I answered everything. And then I sat dozing throughout the rest of the test. Nothing. Um, but I answered every question he asked me. When he graded my test, it was graded on, on, on different expressions, either excellent or average or below average or not not acceptable. Didn't have numbers. Kids are where I say, most of my tests, I, shall we say, aced. I got very good grades. I got now an average. But he didn't tell you the grades. Rabbi Mentlik told us the grades. And when I heard what I got, I was very, very despondent. I was very disappointed. Although it doesn't say it on my smicha what grades I got on each thing, it just says that I passed the smicha. So I went, next time I saw Vakarsky and I asked him, I said, Why did you only give me an average? I answered everything. This is for the shlofen, because you slept. Because <laughs> I slept. So, but the expression of that, at that point, where he wanted to really, he thought I was talking out of my dreams, and I saw that they switch. You're right. You're saying the right answer. This is something that we have to understand that we have within ourselves. Whether we're asleep, whether we're in a slumber, wherever we're in, we have a potential to answer questions, and I know that for myself, 
we had once a debate in Venezuela. We had to get into the school. The school is Jewish school. There's 1,500 students. And we tried very, very hard. For, we were bachim in yeshiva there, but we had nothing to do with the school per se. We wanted to get into the school because a lot of the children didn't put on film, a lot of children. You know, we wanted to get them to come to yeshiva a little bit and to learn. We had a Sunday program. So, Baruch Hashem, not going to go into the whole story how we got ourselves in. I went with a friend. It was a Friday, which is great for me because I sleep so much Thursday night. And we spoke on the subject of the Holocaust, of abnegation. Messias Nefesh, I spoke. But you always went with the second guy because then there was questions and answers. We had about maybe 16, 18 kids in the room. They came to hear the yeshiva boys, the boys from the yeshiva, they had, we were a, a novelty. We were something that guys used to wait for us, take our hats off, see if we had horns. I mean, nobody saw the people like us in Venezuela. You did see. You saw people used to come collect money. They needed to collect, but Venezuela was a very wealthy country then. And a lot of the people would not give anybody money if they didn't speak Spanish. Anyway, we did this all in Spanish. And then one kid asked a question. And all of a sudden, someone else came in, and another few people came in. And the room started to fill up because the conversation, the questions and answers started to get very, very animated. And the room was literally, was packed with not only kids, students, but faculty. The principal himself was there. And things were flying. Questions and answers were going back and forth that were just from a whole different world. The kids are, is a half hour session officially. It went well over an hour at which point the principal himself stood up and said, I'm sorry, I apologize. I see this as a very educational moment, a very, very hot, heated moment, and everybody really is in this, not just because they're just getting out of class, but because they're really, really as interested in asking and, ans- and hearing your answers. But they got to get back to class. You can't, we're disrupting the whole school. We apologize, we have to cut this short. I mean, it's not cutting short, you're already over by 35-40 minutes. And we said, okay, we're sorry, we didn't realize. And we left. As we were walking out, as we were walking back to Yeshiva, actually, I turned to the fellow that was with me, and I said, did you realize? And he said, yes, shut up. Yes, shut up. What did we realize? We realized that we said things and answered things and answered questions and clarified things. We have no idea how we knew and how we, where we got these things from. They, on a normal basis, you would say subconsciously they were planted somewhere along our lives as we grew up in our lives. They were planted within our, our mind and they all of a sudden came up from the, from the back recesses of our mind 
to be able to answer these people's questions. Um, first of all, everything was in Spanish, and we we were we. I spoke basically Spanish. I wasn't as fluent at the time. And the other fellow was really not fluent. Today, he'll talk a little bit, but he won't. But yet everything here went in Spanish, fluently. And we were talking to teachers and principals here as well who were asking questions. And everything had answers. Chassidus tells us not that you're a miracle worker but if you do something you apply yourself to something HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you the vessels and the, the kalim the, the power to be able to devote yourself and to finish it through file it through follow it through from this whole thing Yeshiva got on the map we got on the map yeah, the enrollment for the Sunday program grew substantially. The camp grew because of it, the day camp and the overnight. We got to meet a lot of families. We got to put up a lot of mezuzahs. We got a lot of boys to continue putting on film for the rest of their lives, Baruch Hashem. We were kids. We were 19 years old. Maybe 20. We're kids. Where did this come from? This comes from Chassidus. The Pasha starts off with Yishach Yakim He sent angels. And Rashi says Malachim Mamish. They were real angels. Why did Yaakovinu trouble angels and not just send physical messengers? And more so, Yaakov knew Ein Malach Echad and Malach cannot do more than one one mission. So he knew that if he was involving the Malach and the Shlichus to Esav, this is it. They can't do the Shlichus of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Why did he think that taking the shlichus to Esav was more important than doing what a Baruch wants? And this is what Chassidus explains. What was the essence of this shlichus? Yaakov knew that the tachlis of Bria was to separate, tachlis of creation is to separate good from bad. To return all the sparks of Kedusha that fell into the, the lowest levels of evil. We turned them back to godliness. And that's why he went to Charan, which is the Charan Afshel Elam, the lowest of the world, in order to redeem all the sparks of Kedusha that were there. He also knew that the service itself was not enough to do this, to get the Tachlis. Therefore, he needed also Esav to fulfill this. Esav was Ish Sada, he was a man of the field. But he had very, very high iris, as we said before, that had fallen to the southern. And the tachlis was that he too should fix this. So in the entire world, not only the Jews, but also the Bnei Esau, the Goyim, 
reach their full potential, and the Geula would come, Mashiach would come. So after 20 years of Charan, Yaakov, finished, Yaakov concluded his, his service over there. He himself was ready for Geula. He wanted to make sure how the Esav was. And therefore he tells him, as he sends them out messages, Vahili Sheva Chameri asked to give over to Esav. And Chazal tell us in Bereshis, Rabba, Chameri is Melech HaMashiach. That road says, Ani Vereichel HaChameri. This shlichus was so important to let know, to re- to reveal the Geula, which is the Tachas of creation. Yaakov therefore sent these messengers, Malach Yishemayim, because there was nothing else to, more important for them, but rather to turn the entire world over to bring the Geula. Whereas the Malachim came back and they said to him, Yaakov was ready for Geula and Esav he came to your brother. They said to him, unfortunately, El Esav, he's still Esav. He hasn't changed. And therefore, the journey is, is great still. He said to Esav, I've tried. That was then. Today, after Avedis Am Yisrael, all these generations, especially in this horrific time now that we are in Golos, and was spread throughout the world, especially now, now that Teres Chassidus has been revealed, as will be revealed now, Shabbos again, the Yitas Kisiv which is a preparation for Geula. <coughs> now the world <coughs> is entirely ready for Geula. We need to tip the scale and to cause this, and by our small deed, our small resolution that we undertake, we will cause, we will be the ones to ultimately fulfill that last gap, to fill in the last dot, that last I, and cross that last T, so that we can be Zecher, this very Shabbos, to the Geula Mitzvah as is be Yitesh Kislev, Chag of the Alter will be Chag of Klal Yisrael, and all the Ref, all the ones, the, the kidnapped people will be freed before that and the rest of us will all be freed from our goals and go to the Shabbos Shabbat Shalom to all.